Welcome back to the Goal Line Stand, all football, all the time. Presented, as always, by Michael's Glass Company, 215-338-3293. We are a Sports Talk Philly partner, sportstalkphilly.com. Follow us on, on all social, at GL Stand Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to check out the Paul's Table, 7 East Lancaster Avenue in the heart of the main line in Ardmore. I'm Mike, joined as always by Brett, and we have breaking uniform news. Not breaking, but our first chance to discuss it. You're very exciting uniform news. Yes. I actually reached out to Paul Bowman, the managing editor of Eagle Delphi, Sports Talk Philly, and I said, hey, I'm going to write the article on the, on the uniform thing. I said, this is great. I've been waiting years for this. He's like, all right. He's like, okay. He's like, I'm more a fan of the black uniform. But I was like, we're not going to have this conversation right now. This is great. So he prefers the black, the black uniform of the current version as compared with the Kelly Green. Correct. He is a bit younger, though. So that makes sense. I don't well, know. That would be an interesting poll question to have. Well, WIP was discussing it. Uh, Mac now and Didinger were talking about it over the weekend. And there is kind of a split where the younger fan base, like 35-ish, you know, Mac now said 40, 45. I was like, and I, I sent a tweet. I'm like, man, I'm 38. Yeah. It's Kelly Green, man. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah. But uh, we're probably the cutoff as far as age goes as to where the Eagles fandom lies. Look, that color, the, the Midnight Green has been around for 25 years. There's people that know no different. Yeah, well, it's also interesting in the Eagles' history because so you fit in the time of what I'll call the, you know, the Randall Cunningham era, right? But if you think about and, and a great era of Eagles football, but you think about it, people just slightly older than you and I really think back more to the to me what I'll call the Jaworski era, where the jerseys were different with the stripes. Because I know you're not a fan of that jersey. Or I'm at least you don't care about it. I'm not saying you dislike it, but you've never loved it. So let, let, let's get into this. Uh, the, the NFL one shell rule, which was dumb to begin with. Yeah. Uh, the NFL did this, I don't know, 10 years ago now? Maybe uh, give, give or take. Give or take yeah. 10 years, the NFL initiated this one shell rule, where meaning you had one helmet for the in theory for the whole year. Yeah, it eliminated the the throwback helmet. Teams, many teams had the throwback uniforms. The Eagles had them. Yeah. The Fal- just teams coming off the Eagles, Falcons, Tampa Bay, New England. Anybody who had a different color helmet, or D- Dallas would do it. Washington would occasionally wear the yellow. Yeah, that went out the window. So about ten years ago, your alternate or your throwback had to be within the confines of your color scheme. Now, it works for some, doesn't work for others. So the, the the fans, obviously, have been clamoring forever. I want to say since the AFL anniversary, when you had the Titans coming out as the, as the Oilers, Pat the Patriot, yeah. all those awesome uniforms, the fans have been clamoring for a return of the alternate helmet, the, the true alternate uniform. The NFL, the rumor and innuendo for a couple of years was this was going to go away. It is officially went through a press release that as of 2022, the NFL will allow a second help. Yeah, so we have one more year of limited. I always wondered, why can't they just paint the current helmet? So I actually reached out via Twitter to Paul Lucas uh, yeah. of UniWatch fame. And I, I said, I was like, I, I don't understand. Why can't you? I was thinking more along the lines of a, of a car, right? You see a, a cars nowadays where they, it's, it's a white car and they put a, a wrap on it. Yeah. And he gave me the reason. And I forget exactly what it was. It had something to do with the, it was like, you know, they're fantastic at UniWatch. Paul Lucas and yeah. that crew is great. It, it was. It had to do with the integrity of the helmet and and whatnot. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And it does. I know from the aspect of a football helmet, it says on the back on the label, if you alter it in any way or any form, it eliminates the warranty on the helmet. So I'm going to guess that's a legal issue as well. Yeah, that's a good point. That's an excellent point. The, but either way, it opens up so many options for for so many different teams. Um, 
And one thing, you know, I, again, as relates to the Eagles, because I think the Eagles, it's, it's an interesting discussion because we talked about in terms of the periods of, of fandom, right? But yet, as relates to you, if there, if someone were, were to say, you know, what what is Mike Lipinski's interest in football? I think I'm well-versed in saying what they are in terms of what you like, what you don't like, things of that nature. You have, I'm going to say, near a fetish for white helmets, Yet, you do not like the white helmet with the the Kelly green wing, which I think is a pretty helmet. No, you are correct. I, yeah. I am a huge fan of the white helmet. A white helmet on with certain teams, certain elements. Like I saw a Georgia Tech throwback where they were wearing the white pants. You would put a white helmet on any team. Gold jersey, navy numeral, and a white helmet. Oh, my God, it looked perfect. The Rutgers helmet, the white Rutgers helmet with the metallic block R, tremendous. It is so nice. It is fantastic. I despise, I despise the Eagles white helmet with green wings. But again, I grew up with the, the, the helmet to me for the Eagles is the Kelly green helmet, silver wing, white outline. Yeah, right? you see, yeah. you're very particular because, again, because right. I, I remember in 2010 – when they wore the 1960 throwbacks, which to me, gorgeous, gorgeous. And you were, you were not as happy as most people. I was excited that they were wearing that, uh, that they were wearing Kelly green. And I actually, this was on Eagle Delphia, the, the Eagle Delphia Facebook page. If you had to choose between one of the, of the three, it was the Randall, the Jaworski, mm-hmm. or and it was a picture of Mike Vick. I don't know whoever, Pick the picture of Mike Vick, that guy, uh, you know, uh, cough, cough, um, it, representing the 1960 uniform. Which yeah. one? Now, overwhelmingly, it was the Randall era. But again, I think that's what it comes down to. Now, looking at those three, Randall, 1960, Jaworski. Yeah. Um, I don't I wonder like- if you mix. I wonder if you mix it up. Like, for instance, at home. Do the Randall and on the 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 Super Bowl? Let's call it the Super Bowl Fifteen jersey. Yeah, I actually very distinctive. The of the Randall era though that Randall era uniform to me the the sharpest is the white jersey. I always like the I I always like the home jersey better. But that's I guess I guess to me because I they would always wear the white against Dallas. Forcing Dallas to wear the navy blue, and there was yeah, all that whole yeah. element to it. Only NFC East teams did that. I feel like everybody else wasn't in on that one. No, nobody else was in on it. Yeah, so they should have been because it worked out for all the NFC East teams. But in in the meantime, so everybody gets excited over this, me included, and and then you you read the actual you know the fine print of it all. Well, this isn't going to happen this year. Yeah, this isn't even going to. This is going to have to wait till next year. And there's an even little bit of a more of a caveat thrown in there. The NFL's rules on uniforms, so we're not talking alternate helmets now, we're talking uniform as a whole, yeah. is in place as of now. So a team, the Eagles, anybody, had to opt in for their 2022 uniform set already. And yeah. as, of, as of us recording this, as us talking, as of you listening to this, there is no NFL backing out on that yet. No. So um, to me, I would think that they're going to need to retroactively apply something so that it makes sense because it's not congruent. You have you change one rule without the other, which makes no sense. Uh, but I, yeah, I agree right now it does limit it because you have to announce what are your alternates, things of that nature. Because um, the, the, the It big makes one, no sense. No, the big one was Tampa Bay and the cream sickle. Yeah. The thought was going to be that they would raise the banner this year with Tom Brady in the cream sickle uniform. Yeah. Well, at this rate, if the rule stays the way it's supposed to, that's not going to happen until 2023. He may or may not be on, on the team. It's an interesting point. Although I will say if they somehow, if Tampa wins this year, I think you just make the logo with Tom Brady's face, irrespective of if he comes back. Fair enough. So yeah. let's get into it. Obviously, we're excited. We're uniform geeks here. This yeah. is going to open up a in, an interesting uniform helmet dynamic. Yep. What are you excited to see 
come back or maybe say, all right, now a team can do something different yeah. with different colors. So I'm going a little bit out of the box. I'm hopeful and excited. Seattle returns to the Steve Largent era. So I, I don't know. I, I, to me, that's what I would refer to it as. Yeah. Before it got completely off the rails. Uh, yeah. I, I think they do. I, I mean, they've already hinted at that. Could you imagine, though? So, again, we're going back to this. That, that couldn't happen for two years. Yeah. Because uh, they have not opted that in. Yeah. Can you imagine a neon green helmet? What was the uh, World League of American football team that was lime green? It was Seattle. It was Seattle's color, but lime yeah. with the Orlando. Was that maybe? the Barcelona Dragons? When the Barcelona Dragons were green, they were green and yellow. They weren't lime green though. No, I think it was. I think it was the Orlando Thunder. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, when they had brought in the American teams, but to me, Seattle's one just because I don't like their uniforms. They're they're you know like there's some teams that just like embarrassment or. And to me, I just I'll throw in another one. It's just an embarrassment of riches because I like their their actual uniform, Pittsburgh with the yellow helmet. Love it. Yeah, that's going to be one that'll probably come out. You'll probably see that this year. Yeah, the yellow the yellow helmet throwback. Yeah. Um, no, excuse me, not Tampa. Tampa and white would be interesting this year with the current scheme. But the the one rumored innuendo is the Bengals going. With an all-white look. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. The 49ers have – there's been pictures tweeted out of like a really gold-plated looking helmet. That's kind of yeah. cool. I, I, I can, They like used that. to have a white helmet back in the day. They had a, they had a red and a silver as well. Yes. So it could open up, open up that equation. Yeah. It, you're a Giants fan. Would you want to see a giant a red helmet or – a white helmet this year, or is that kind of like too – that's too much? They've never had a white helmet. And unlike you, I'm – I think probably just maybe to spite you, I've always been anti-white helmet. Um, there were a few years in like the 30s and 40s, they had kind of blue and red just to follow the shell. I've always said I would like – see, the Giants, it doesn't apply because it's always pretty much been a blue helmet. I've always wanted to see them bring back – even though it was a shitty time during the franchise, the shadow NY with the blue pants. I would just like to see that once. It, it, it's, it could open up the whole, it could open up the whole equation. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so many good ones. Right. I, so I, the ones that immediately I think stick out for a lot of people, Eagles, Tampa Bay, the, the Falcons with the red helmet. Yeah. Is there anybody – I think you can now um, – I would be interested in seeing a Carolina. There's always been mock-ups of, of a Carolina Panther uniform with a baby with the Carolina blue helmet. Yeah. With, that would be interesting. Uh, Jacksonville, I mean, they can just mix everything together that they've done throughout the course of their you know their history and put it all in one. They should just have an AEW jersey. They should just have an AEW jersey. I agree with you. Yeah. Moving forward in the future, do you think that this is going to quell some of the calls for fan bases to go back to traditional uniforms? I'm thinking Eagles. I'm thinking Patriots. I'm thinking Tampa Bay. If we were going to give you one, two, three games a year in an in a, in a throwback, yeah, it'll back it'll 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 call the dogs off a little bit. I would think so. I, but in the end of the day, it's all about money, right? I mean, to me though, think about. If you brought back the nineteen, the Orange Crush Broncos, how can you go back? Even though they technically won two Super Bowls with the blue thing, how can you? I mean, that was such a pretty uniform. Why would you go back to anything else? And they're a team that can do that this year because yeah. the alternate was so close to it to begin with. Yeah, that they can that they can kind of go back to it. I agree with you. It's like the Falcons, man. If the Falcons come out with that red helmet. Yeah, uh, that's so much better than anything that they're going to be wearing. I would like to see also. So, you know, we're talking about returning to old throwbacks. I'd like to see maybe some mix and match of a throwback helmet with current jerseys. That red helmet might actually be all right with a red uniform with Atlanta. I'm just saying, look, I get let's, no, I get let's saying. just have fun with it. You know, like, yeah, well, so I think you're going to see the NFL's that too uptight. That's I think problem. you're going to see that this year. Like the Eagles could, in theory, go with a black helmet with their blackout uniform this year. How would it come across? I don't know. Or they could go with a white helmet with 
silver, gray, and midnight green wings. I saw a mock-up of it. It was a fan. It's actually sold. It's a, it's sold by the NFL shop for autographs and stuff like that. Yeah. It's cool. I don't know how it would work. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see if you get some of these other teams. Could you imagine a star the size of your head on a helmet? Like, are we going to see stuff similar to, I always go back to Boise State in college, right? Or Oregon, where yeah. teams start getting really crazy and really out there. I think I think it's good if one or two teams in the NFL adopt that, where, you know, it's literally you have to hand out to your fans, this is the color you have to wear this week. I think that's cool for one or two teams. The other, you know, the other two themes that we typically deal with is a black for black sake and B the, the matted colors. I wonder how many teams are going to just sort of maybe have like a matted helmet for different, you know, it's just a different look. It is a different look. I think you're going to see more. I think you're going to see some, some of the matte. I think you're going to see some of the Chrome. I just, Going forward, thinking like imagine San Francisco with the chrome. Dallas will be at one of those teams that goes chrome. I'm sure they'll probably go white with their Thanksgiving. That's a pretty uniform. It is a very nice uniform, even yeah. for Dallas. Washington, yeah. they, who knows what they can do anymore? I don't even know. Well, they could do a yellow helmet with WFT. I, it, it actually okay. would look nice. They could, yeah, they could do that helmet with the. The circle with a W in it, minus the feathers, obviously, it might actually look decent. Or do like WFT diagonally, like old school. What the fuck are you talking about? Sorry, wrong thing. <laughs> uh, that would be WTF, moron. <laughs> so of, of I got team, Before we wrap up Uni Talk, if you had to see if there's a team that's going to pull an Oregon or going to pull a Boise State with large logos, who is it in your mind? It's probably Seattle. Really, you think so? Well, yeah. It's I, I mean, I don't know. I think a Pacific Northwest. I don't know. He's kind of close to. I don't know. That I feel like they would lend themselves to that. See, I was thinking it was either going to be the Fighting Tony Cons, yeah, or the Jets. I could see the Jets doing something crazy and wild. Mm. I don't. I don't see that ownership. Being that, I guess, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, that is a, maybe your Buffalo Bills. See, that's another one that it opens up to. The Bills can the Bills can do a variety of different things now. Well, yeah, they could go back to the Jim Kelly helmet, yeah. then go sleeping. Are you doing running Buffalo, sleeping Buffalo, orange Buffalo, white Buffalo? Got a lot of potential there. And Jets, hopefully, they go back to uh, you know the sack exchange. That is true, and yeah. We can, Listen later on in the week as we discuss our Mount Rushmores of these teams, and we'll have more uniform discussion. Yeah. You know a team that's probably not going to change their uniform at, in any way? Maybe they throw an alternate in. Maybe not. Maybe they go white pants. I think that's one thing they could do. I'm guessing the Raiders. The Green Bay Packers. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's another one. So well, the Green- no, they need to go back. No, hold on. The Green Bay Packers need to go back to the Lombardi era. Packers, which was the darker jersey. The blue? Yeah. The blue instead of the green? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Be you know who may or may not be wearing said uniform? That, There's that a quarterback be, there, right? One Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So the NFL is still allowing players to opt out due to COVID-19. The deadline is Friday 7-2. As you're listening to this, it's in a few days. Could Aaron Rodgers actually opt out from this season just to stick it to the Packers? It would be such a brilliant move because he would actually be able to do so while still actually earning money because of the way the contract worked out because of various roster bonuses. So I think it's in the neighborhood of $15, $16 million. So it's not as harsh as just not showing up, sitting out. You actually are, you know, gonna still get some money and you're really sticking it to the Packers who by the way have handled this so poorly beyond the fact of when they drafted Jordan Love they didn't speak they didn't communicate with Aaron Rodgers I think recently it was the team president was with you know like a group of Green Bay Packer stockholders he's like yeah that Aaron Rodgers is just a strange guy to deal with like 
I, I don't know. It's just not. It, yeah. It, they almost seem a little bit too ho-hum Midwestern about it when this is like, this is business and this is your franchise quarterback. You need to figure this out. I, to me, it's more. Yeah, it, it's just stupid. Um, to me, the guy still has at least, I would say, three good years left. Why on earth would you do this? If you had built around him properly, you would have won several Super Bowls. It just makes no sense. Um, I mean, there was one time I think Tom Brady said, you know, if Aaron Rodgers was on the Patriots, he would have broken every record and won every Super Bowl. So, you know, these guys, shame on them. I feel badly for Packers fans. Um, Although I wish they would stop at that Go Pack Go chant. I can't stand that thing. It's very annoying. Who was moved those chains? Was that Baltimore? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Sticking with the NFL and the COVID situation as everything starts to get a little bit better in the country, minus the Delta variant, depending on what you read. Uh, the NFL and the NFLPA have come to an agreement on protocols for vaccinated and non-vaccinated players and staff, correct? This is a yes. encompassing the, the players on the field and the coaching staff and people in the building. Yeah. And essentially, if you are vaccinated, it's it's pretty much close to normal. You're you know, there's no social distancing. I think you're tested once a week, once every two weeks. It you know, except for obviously, if with contact tracing, you come into contact with an unvaccinated player who might be sick. Um, but you know, it's pretty normal. If you are not vaccinated, though, it is it's 2020 all over again. Daily tests. Uh, social distancing, travel restrictions. I, 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 it's weird. I, I don't understand how you could have on a team both players. It, it, it makes no sense to me. I don't know that you can. I guess we're going to find out with Cole Beasley. Uh, Cole Beasley has come out. Now, Cole Beasley's an idiot, right? He's been yeah. an idiot. He's been an idiot for a long time. Well, he's, he's been a cowboy for a long time, so therefore, ends ergo post hoc. Idiot. Whatever, yeah. yeah, but he yeah. Runs, he, he's a guy that runs his mouth. He runs his mouth on Twitter. He runs his mouth in the media. He attacked Howard Eskin, which maybe he was right. But you when know, did he attack Howard Eskin? Uh, a couple, a, a couple, I think, a couple seasons ago, Howard Eskin said something about you know little Cole Beasley, and Cole Beasley went after went after him. Is he didn't he launch a rap album? Or am I thinking of the West Texas Rednecks? I think it's thinking of the West Texas Red. I'm mixing. I'm mixing my genres there. Great it's under okay. underutilized faction, mind you. Sure, Beasley wasn't going after the Burger King guy. Maybe he was, and he just got him confused. But Cole Beasley has basically come out and said, "I'm gonna not. I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm gonna do whatever." Yes, and he, but to me, his um, his analogy was really stupid. He was like, "I'm not gonna treat a leg that isn't broken." Um. You know, I think what frustrates me is that people are still looking at this very selfishly. Uh, it's not simply just about you. It's about the people around you. It's about not only your family, your friends, the public at large. We're all in this together, unfortunately. Hate to tell you that, Cole. But, it, it, you know, and on top of it, you know, Patrick Peter. So I, I looked it up this morning. I believe 65% of NFL players have at least one shot. Now, I don't know how many, you know, some of those one shots may be the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which only required one. So I don't know what the percentage is of fully vaccinated. However, Patrick Peterson, who's now on the Vikings, is like, look, if you're truly all in about wanting to win a Super Bowl for your team, you got to go get vaccinated because you're putting your team at a disadvantage if you know we if 30% of the team has to still operate like they did last year versus other teams i there's a few teams that i think are very close to 100% and i have to think when training camp hits that some of these guys are going to be like you know fuck this i, I need to go get vaccinated because i i don't want to live under these this you know these restrictions because they, I mean, they also extend to the home and everything else. So you don't want travel restrictions when you're at home. It just makes so much sense. But yeah, you know, Cole Beasley, good old uh, schmuck face. Uh, 
don't fix your broken leg. Yeah, well, and, and that's the problem is people don't realize. Look, it's been tested. It's well, it's tested amongst X amount of people. No, we now we have millions of people, probably borderline on billion, that have taken these things, and it's proven to work. That's neither here nor there. That's not a political thing. You know, one team that is using it and using it as a kind of like a rallying tool, and this comes from their head coach and their quarterback, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I don't know the complete number, but I know that Bruce Arians has been hell-bent on get vaccinated for the same the same reason. It's going to you – want to, you want to win another championship? Let's do it. Yeah. His quarterback uh, was in the news because he's always in the news because he's the GOAT. But Tom Brady uh, said – quote, they're going to stick with that motherfucker <laughs> referring to another team that decided not to go with him and the rumor innuendo is that is Derek Carr and the Raiders. Yeah, it's, I mean, look, I think at this point, particularly going to another team, winning the Super Bowl the way he did, Tom Brady basically can say whatever he wants and he's operating as such and yeah, he obviously doesn't think too highly of Derek Carr. Um Frankly, I, I don't understand why Brady. I, I mean, I know I, I know there was like some connections with Vegas because I remember back actually when Dana White was talking about it, and he thought that he Tom Brady was going to go to Vegas to friends, but I, I don't see why you would want to go to a John Gruden coach team or a team that has a GM of Mike Mayock. It's clearly just a poorly managed team now. I mean, we've seen the experiment. The uh, experiment now for three years. They they make moves that make no sense. I wouldn't want to go there. I think they he you know it was a much better move for him to go to Tampa Bay. Would it have been a different scenario with Mayock? I think Mayock more more precisely than Gruden, where you would have had a Brady John Gruden tandem kind of thing. Yeah, but I, to me, I don't you know. I don't think – I think Gruden is too hard-headed to listen to Brady and to really tailor – you know, Gruden has his offense, and it's, you know, what he sticks with. And I think that, you know, to his credit, Bruce Arians is like, I want to win. So, you know, he – Byron Leftwich sort of helped, you know, they collaborated with Brady to, to make the best offense possible. And it took a little while, but when, once it finally clicked, it clicked and you saw the result. Yeah, it clicked. Okay. I think, I think, I think it worked out rather well for them. I mean, I don't know that I, I would change it to too many things if I were them. Yeah. Uh, let's stick with the Raiders here. Uh, big news coming out was Carl Nassib coming out as gay, and I appreciate the way that he did it. He's just like, hey, guess what? Uh, you know, this is this. I am what I am. Let's move on. A local guy to us. Was he a North Penn guy? I thought I thought he was a North Penn guy. No, Malvern, Malvern Prep. Malvern Prep. He played with uh, – actually, I don't know. So his older brother, Ryan, was the quarterback at Syracuse who played – with Mayock's son. Okay, got it. So he comes out as gay. Good for him. Yeah, look, I, look uh, I mean, I, people, there's obviously there's a whole element of people that are a bunch of bigots that have an issue with it. My opinion is, I, and I don't say this in a bad way, who cares? Uh, he, he, look, um, you know what? If people can find happiness in this world, God bless them. Uh, frankly, I feel badly that he had to live a, well, I don't, we don't know how secretive his life was. I don't know if, like, we don't know if teammates in the past knew he was gay, but if to the extent that he had to hide his lifestyle at all, I feel badly for him and I, you know, but I'm happy he is now out. Um, and for all those bigots, you know, get over it. It doesn't affect your life one bit. Uh, and you know, I think it's it really is telling in society that the day after he came out, the number one jersey sold on Fanatics was a Carl Nassib jersey, which I'm pretty sure you'd have to make custom made. I don't think they make. Well, now they may start making Carl Nassib. He's a good player. I mean, this isn't and like he. It's not like he's a nobody. He's a solid player. He's okay. He signed a decent sized deal 
with the yeah. Raiders. He, so he's he good. He's a good piece to a puzzle there. Yeah. I so I, I know you and I, I I mentioned this to you off air. So when he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers several years ago, he there was you know there was like this ongoing feud between he and then offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Now I'm in no way accusing Todd Haley of any bigot bigotry or, or you know um, homophobic behavior. I just want. Do you think that there was anything to that? Yeah, we talked. The problem about is it. we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what we don't know, and so right. we don't know if three, four years ago, people in in the inner circle were privy to that information. Right. So I mean, what was the, what was the issue? No, it's hard to say. It, yeah. It's hard to say, and it would be it wouldn't be probably inappropriate for us to allege it. Yeah, so, and, but, and that's why I I, yeah. I prefaced it by saying that I don't know. It just it, it was one of the first things I thought of when there was that whole thing when Todd Haley's like, who who names their kid Carl? And the way he was saying it, it was just kind of. I remember even at the time, I'm like, very strange. Like he's, I don't I don't know what he's, he's going, going in on. The guy. He was going in on the guy for being soft. Right. Exactly. Yep. So yeah, again. I don't know, and I'm not alleging anything. We don't know what we don't know. I've never heard anything about Todd Haley being homophobic. I just It's just something, in hindsight, that made me think about that in, uh, exchange from the show. So just, just I'm just bringing it up. And additionally, Carl Nassib, Westchester's own, has donated 100K to the Trevor Project. Uh, the goal is to prevent... Uh, suicides of the LBGTQ community. And look, mental health for anybody is very important. So that's outstanding. And I believe, I'm trying to remember who it is, and I forgot to write it down. A bunch of players came out and said, you're doing it, you're donating, you're donating, so are we. Yeah, and there was a lot of players. Um, look, I, first off, credit to uh, Carl Nassim. Uh, I think that he, frankly, he deserves... To me, he deserves uh, like the Arthur Ashe Courage Award more so than Michael Sam did. Um, you know, I, and, and again, it's not that I have any issue with with that lifestyle at all. Um, to me, it's more just I felt like when Michael Sam came out, where the, I, I, when he got into training camp, there was like documentary people that wanted to follow him, and there was a lot of distractions, and then he didn't make the team. Where here, Carl Nassib was really putting the rest of his career on the line. And then he's also backing it up, though, with charitable um, efforts and things of that nature. Uh, I know Saquon Barkley, his college teammate, was one of the first to I, – I, is the appropriate word congratulate? I don't I, – I ask that because I don't know what the appropriate – I, I guess it's – yeah, I, I guess know. it's I congratulate because no it's – Look, I'm happy for him that he gets to yeah. live a conscious-free existence now. But it's also, I got your back, bro. It's, yeah, you know, exactly. It's yeah, it's things. support. At yeah. minimum, it's support. Uh, but it was definitely a very, it was, and there was a lot of positive tweets in his direction from players all across the league from, from diverse backgrounds. Absolutely. Around the league, we have the tight end summit, tight end university held by Greg Olson. Every tight end in the league was there. Except Tim Tebow. Yeah, I so I didn't quite understand how Tebow didn't make. Apparently, there were slots, and he didn't get a slot. It sounded like if you read through, uh, kind of the, the you know, read through everything and the, the rumor innuendo, as we like to say, uh, it sounds like maybe there was an issue there. Maybe Tim Tebow said something to somebody at some point, or you know, there was people weren't getting along. So he wasn't invited. Yeah, maybe or maybe there was like you know you could come to t the tight end summit, but you have to have been a tight end for more than two months. That's quite that is quite possible. Maybe and there not, was a and, position and, minimum, and not mock and ridicule us for a decade when you should have taken that position uh, ten years ago and made yourself an NFL career. Yeah, perhaps you know. Either way, I thought it was very cool of Greg Olson, who recently retired. And also, who is going through his own family struggles 
to sort of host this. And then it was very cool. I think it was the last day all the, every tight end there wore shirts. I, I don't know if they're selling these. If they are, uh, I mean, we would definitely make it public in support for uh, Greg Olson's son who recently had the heart transplant, which we talked about in a previous episode, which I thought was you know, very cool. But it's definitely the new trend in the league that every position group is having their own summits. I kind of think it's cool. I mean, when you, especially when you're at that level, yeah. you're, you're kind of tied in with everybody. You want to go out, you want to learn. And I think the camp thing for us as football players, which is a, we were right before that yeah. kind of whole yeah, that whole experience, but now it's a it's a normal thing at every level where you go out, you get with the uh, the group of guys that from all over the place, and you work on your craft. I wonder though how they were dealing with Evan Ingram just about. So this is a ball. When it comes to you, you need to hold on to this thing. Like, do you think they were? That's how they were doing it with Evan Ingram. I think they were getting uh, what what's his face from uh, the replacements. They were putting the stuff on, or what? No, oh, Clifford Franklin. Clifford Franklin, and what's the other guy? What's the other guy from uh, from Necessary Roughness? Yeah, Texas State Armadillo. Stonehands. Stonehands. That's Wyatt like, Davis's father. Yeah, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, who was drafted? I forget which team was drafted him now. So the third round pick, Wyatt Davis, the guard from Ohio State. His grandfather is Willie Davis from the Packers, and his father is Featherstone and Alvin Mack. That's like to me, he. That's football royalty, both that is, in real life and cinematically. That is that is true. So do you think that now that's that's one guy, right, who played two completely different roles? Yeah. Do you think they were showing highlights to Evan Ingram, like of guys making catches, and they put that, uh, you know, they, they put stone hands in there and all that stuff, and then it was him. Don't throw out the stone hands. Robert. Angry tweets from at M. Lipinski 52 about losing a fantasy football championship. <laughs> he cost the Giants a division. And me a fantasy football championship. I don't give a shit about the Giants division. Yeah, I, I, that we know. But <laughs> it's just like, like, you know, like there's this huge summit. Oh, we're working with the releases, the blocking, and with Evan Ingram just holding on to a football. This is a ball. This is how you catch it. <laughs> yeah. uh, before we get to the news and notes, uh, support our support those who support us. Michael's Glass Company, 215-338-3293. DePaul's Table, 7 East Lancaster Avenue in Ardmore, PA, a modern Italian steakhouse. Happy hour, Monday through Friday. Dinner daily, DePaul'sTable.com. All right, so we have news to discuss. A lot of people are getting freaking shot. Yeah, unfortunately. Like, this is not good. Uh, let's start here, or or and or arrested for guns. So yeah. Vikings rookie defensive tackle Jalen Twyman from Pittsburgh shot four times while visiting his aunt in Washington D.C. Yeah. Now this Fort, fortunately he's okay. He is okay, but this was just a bad, like wrong place at wrong time. Apparently. Yeah, he. There was no prior involvement. There was no scuffle, which led. It literally was just wrong place, wrong time, and supposedly they were. Flesh wounds, or there was exit wounds, so he's expected to. I think he's expected to make a full recovery and be ready by training camp or soon thereafter. So that that's the fortunate part of the story there. So we wish him the best in recovering from his wounds. Then on the other end of the spectrum, you have idiot Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark, who was arrested for illegal firearms. This is bad. This is not good. Like this yeah. is very bad. Yeah, he had an Uzi in the back seat of his vehicle illegally. That's a federal offense. Yeah, um, I look. I, I can't comment on how people, different people's living situations. Um, you know, everyone's different. I don't know why he necessarily needed an Uzi illegally or legally. Like Frank Clark is also a guy who back in Michigan got into some trouble. This is not good. Uh, you know that, and then from a football perspective, Kansas City, their defensive end room is uh, thin. Would be the kindest possible statement for it. We'll get into that when we get into our team and divisional previews. But yeah, this is just a bad look, very bad look, and and it's it's going to be costly to him. 
it is going to be costly to him. Didn't he get in trouble uh, a couple seasons ago for something? Or am I thinking of the Michigan his Michigan issues? I thought he did. I don't recall, there. but I definitely remember. I definitely remember the Michigan things. He may have got, but obviously, I wouldn't want to speak out of turn because I'm not 100 percent certain. Like, it's one thing to have a firearm that's illegal. That is what it is. I mean, you're legally allowed to have it. You can have it. Yeah. This is an illegal gun. Not only is it an illegal gun, it's an Uzi. It's an Uzi. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not a gun person, but I mean, I well, know what an Uzi is. is and if you have to be driving around with that, there's a larger issue here. Yes, I think you need to remove yourself from that situation. Um, so, yeah, it's it touches upon a lot of other issues, but yeah, either way, that's a problem. It, it's. It's just, it's a problem for him. It's a problem for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it, it, that's a problem. Let's touch on some transaction news here. This one was a little bit of a surprise. Steelers cut Pro, guard, Pro Bowl guard David DeCastro. It was a surprising name initially, but I guess it started to make more sense when it comes out where he comes out and says, I, he played hurt all last year, yeah. had to have ankle surgery. So let's discuss that a little bit. Well, so it was strange because, you know, he's a multiple-time pro bowler. He was a fixture on the offensive line. Um, he, he had a down year last year, and then the Steelers are trying to withhold money, claiming he had a non-football injury. Then David DeCastro's like, yeah, well, meanwhile, last year, the reason I didn't play so well is because I was dealing with ankle issue, ankle injury issues the whole year, which the Steelers never reported on their injury report. So the the Steelers now are in a little bit of hot water. I don't know exactly what so the pick. I think they're going to get fucked. Yeah, they're, you know, a fourth round pick and hundred thousand dollars. That's you know, that's something. I always want to know where that money goes to. It has to go to charity, right? It would have to go to. I, I would I assume know. that it goes to an NFL charity pot. I know that's how it works in baseball. Usually, what happens if in someone with like a baseball situation, yeah. when someone gets fined, it always gets sent to whomever. I wonder if it goes into like their health insurance pot or the concussion settlement pot. I don't know. I I, I never looked to, into where that money goes. In return, the uh, Steelers signed Trey Turner. Yeah, thoughts on the signing? Look, it's a good signing. Uh, if both were healthy, I'd rather. I'd probably rather have David DeCastro, but if you're not going to have DeCastro, I think Trey Turner is a uh, a good replacement. I, I believe the deal was for like around $3 million, so I uh, definitely didn't overpay for him. Get a Pro Bowl guard you know, in late June, that's pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good, especially uh, there was rumor that there was going to be a fairly decent market for Trey Turner. Yeah. Teams were being bandied about. Uh, that's probably a good fit for him. Jets continue to focus on their offensive line. They signed Morgan Moses from Washington. Uh, some some of the Washington people were a little little ticked off that this move actually occurred. They thought maybe there was an opportunity for Moses to go back to DC. Yeah, I don't really understand why they ever let him go. Frankly, uh, I mean he's a he's not a world beater, but he's a solid starting right tackle in this league. And the Jets picked him up. I think again, the contract worth somewhere in the. $3 million range. You have him and that monster Mackay Becton, who, if he's healthy, could probably, he's got all pro potential if he can stay healthy. You know, the Jets are building the right way. They're building from the inside out. They're, you know, going to be physical, strong. Um, you know, if I was a Jet fan, I'd be excited. Yeah, I agree with you. I, we talked about it. Like, that's how you have to do this. You get your guy, you get your quarterback, but you got to build the line around him. Yeah. If there's one thing we like as much as discussing uniforms like we did at the top of the program here, it's stadiums and stadium architecture. Absolutely. We're idiots. We like these things. <laughs> Worst stadium you've ever been to. Worst stadium I've ever been to? It could be well, oh, you have no, no, no. So any level? Any? Well, not high school, obviously. So college or above? Yeah, like you look. No offense to Rowan University, the profs. I was there for a playoff game, but they their their bleachers were the size of Cherry Hill West. So I mean, Jonas okay. Moore. Okay, so so Division One, NCA Division One or above? Yeah, one double A up. Um, I think I'd have to go with Rensselaer Field. 
Yeah, yeah. So mine, uh, that's definitely on the list. Bunch of scumbags. Worst fans. In, worst we fans got in spit sport. on. Yeah, we did get spit on by a bunch of idiots from Utah. Whoa, can, I, can I admit that too? What? I do have an issue with uh, Navy Stadium's numbering system. Oh, God, yes, yes, you do. That was weird. It was weird. I don't know what to tell you, but it's a beautiful stadium. It's a nice stadium. It's, it's not it's beautiful. Cool. It's very it's nice. It's but old. The uh, the numbering is weird. And you would think for our naval, our nation's naval academy, you would have like you know peak efficiency, and that is not represented in the numbering of the sections. And what I'm talking about, people are like, "What is this idiot talking about?" So no, if it, you would think it, about it, the, row, the rows. There was no, it wasn't the rows. It was the sections. So if you would look at it, if you look at any stadium, you have a, a block of seats, and then you have a set of a staircases. You have another set of se- seats, another staircase. So you would think, okay, this grouping right here is section one. This grouping after it is section two. Here, they split the sections in half. So half of the section is part of one section. Half is part of another. Makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. I, I don't. I, I I don't know. Yeah. So that's that's probably the that was bad numbering and Rensselaer was just kind of weird. Rensselaer was definitely weird. I the Carrier Dome was a dump. It I was, liked the Carrier Dome. See, I didn't like the I didn't like the Carrier Dome. I couldn't figure okay. out. I I couldn't figure out how to wash my hands. Yeah, yeah. The bathroom that was an was issue. Weird. I washed my hands in the <laughs> in the in the uh, water fountain. That's but that place was loud. It was definitely it was definitely it was half empty. It was definitely loud. From a football perspective, uh, the place that I I don't I don't hate the stadium, but I hate it watching a game there. New Yankee Stadium, awful, awful. Not I don't count it. You know, okay, so I, I'm not counting that one. I didn't like watching a game at Notre Dame either, and I know that's sacrilege to a lot of people. Where'd you sit? In the corner of the end zone, away from touchdown Jesus. So you were that's the south end zone. Sure. It, okay. the, the state the 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 Joyce Center I could see on the opposite side of the so field. You could see touchdown Jesus. Yes, because because he was on the other side of the field. Correct. Okay. Jesus and I locked eyes. I sat with my father on we were kind of similar to you, but on the other so Jesus Jesus was behind me. I felt his presence behind me. Yes. And, <laughs> and and the issue was because we were on the turn, like yeah, it just didn't fit right. And I had actually talked to a Notre Dame person. I, I was I was saying something about it, and as I was waiting in a long line to get to the trough to go to the bathroom, and they were like, "Oh yeah, if you come, you got to sit up in the new the new part. It's numbered differently, so I guess yeah. it's numbered more towards normal people." Yes. Um so why are we why are we rambling on about this kind of stuff? Because the Chicago Bears have made a bid to purchase the Arlington Heights Raceway property, with the idea being that they would build a stadium in the suburbs. And the Bears have entered into an agreement with Churchill Downs. What's it mean? Is this posturing? Uh, well, just to tell the the audience, Churchill Downs, which is obviously the racetrack in Kentucky where the Kentucky Derby is, they currently operate the property the, the racetrack at Arlington Heights I guess just just you know to give a little bit of uh, furthermore background or whatever so it wouldn't be the first time that a National Football League team has tried to leverage a racetrack to get a new stadium though this is true um, the Philadelphia Eagles did such thing in the early 1970s when they re- leveraged the land of Garden State Park and ended up with veteran stadium. Yeah. Um, but look, so here are the, the current issues regarding soldier field. When they had to renovate soldier field to modernize it, but in doing so, obviously to the pleasure to the relief of everyone, both Chicago fans. And I think football fans in general, they kept the outside shell and the outside facade. But in building inside of it, they could only make it so big because you needed the luxury suites as well. It only seats 61,500, which now 
because Oakland is no longer Oakland and they're in Vegas. It is the smallest stadium in the NFL. So you're missing out on a lot of different opportunities. It's also not domed. Then the location of Soldier Field is, while beautiful and you know notable for being right based on the you know it's right it's set right at the lake. Philadelphia Eagles fans know all about the lake effect weather there. It's from a parking perspective, it's a nightmare. And actually, in doing the renovations, they had to knock down like several like old buildings. You can't park there, so you, there's nowhere else they could renovate this stadium. There's nothing else they can do to Soldier Field. They need more seats. So, what are you going to do? When I the think, Chicago Bears run all over you, exactly. What they're this proposal to me makes a lot of sense. I'm not offended with it that the Bears may not necessarily be in Chicago proper. Arlington Heights is a viable. It's a suburb just northwest of the city. It's technically even closer to O'Hare than Soldier Field is. The Arlington Heights, that property already has a train station, so you have built-in mass. It's another thing that I think Soldier Field doesn't have. I don't think they even have a train station. You could build an 80, 85,000-seat stadium, dome it, get Super Bowls, Final Fours, WrestleManias, music concerts, boxing, MMA, the Logan Paul fight, the Jake Paul fight. You're going to make a ton of money in the area. It makes all the sense in the world to me. I said this to you off the air. It would be weird having three of the four NFC North teams because it's going to be a dome, right? It's going to be yeah. at least retractable. It's going to be weird having three of the four of the mid, you know, that, that, that division, that black and blue division with a roof. It's just odd. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And from, Look, the, the only issues that stand in the way of this are the purest issues, and I recognize them. I respect them. Oftentimes, I'm on the side of the purest, but to me, this just makes too much sense. And, I, I, I again, I'm not overly familiar with Chicago, so I don't know of another place within the city limits that you could place such a stadium. I don't think they have it. No, I don't think they do. I think uh, they, they could knock down Comiskey, and that has this parking in the area, but they're obviously not going to do that. Another team looking for a stadium, the Buffalo Bills, if they don't get their stadium in Orchard Park, New York, they may play some games at Penn State. Yeah, this one I don't quite understand. Toronto, maybe? Well, so it's all about, like, for a year or two, while the new stadium is being built, they – I guess it's because – if the new stadium is built, it's going to be on the site of the current one. So it would be knocked down. So, therefore, you would literally have no place to go. They go to the Sky Dome. You'd have to do it short term. You'd have to do it for a year. It's a 67,000-seat building in that you go, configuration. You go to the Carrier I mean, Dome. Yeah, you can't go to the carrier. Dude. I don't think I don't think Syracuse wants Buffalo fans on the campus. No, I don't think definitely. No, 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 no. <laughs> they could go to they could go to Rensselaer Field and teach those those people how to do some things, but that's Connecticut. Well, all, uh, the, the other option is uh, Cornell Stadium only holds eleven thousand. Right. So. I mean, I guess is Penn State the closest large stadium? It doesn't make other than Sky Dome's um, closer. Yeah, Sky obviously. I mean, it's right across. Yeah, you, know, you go across the lake, and yeah. it's there, and they've played there, and it has the. The ability to set up for American football, no problem. Yep, it definitely does. I've seen a football game at Sky Dome. I've uh, seen I've seen wrestling there. I'm part of the Canadian indoor national attendance record. Yeah, you also make fun of uh, your friends with signs. I don't in that stadium. Okay, sure. Well, you you arrange for people to do so. So it's interesting. It's interesting, nonetheless, to see what happens here with the Buffalo Bills. They might be the Happy Valley Bills for one season. Maybe you play like Saratoga Racetrack. I don't know. I, and you play like the end. No, you can't do that. I I don't know. It's we're an gonna, issue. We're gonna figure this out now. We're gonna at, at Bills Mafia. We're gonna find out where you're. But hold. Here's what I don't get. So 
This is not like a stadium which is in Buffalo, within the city limits, just like we were talking about earlier. It's in Orchard Park. You mean to tell me there's nowhere else in the suburbs of Buffalo that you could build the stadium? You have to have it on the exact same site where the current stadium is? I believe the the way it's set up there is ideal for what they want as far I, as I have no doubt. parking and all, all that stuff. Now, maybe they could do a scenario where you build it somewhere else in the parking lot, kind of like a giant yeah, stadium. Exa- that's, yeah, exactly. You have to build it in the exact same, literally the same footprint. I was going to say they could go they could go uh, play in Hamilton, Ontario, but that's only 23,000. Yeah, that's a little too small. That that's too small. It'd have to be a sky dome. Yeah, sky dome. I mean, I I guess the closest big stadium north of 50,000 aside from that is Penn State. That would just be really 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 bizarre. It'd be awful. Unless be- they just do road games for a year. That won't that won't happen either. Well, that's it's not fair. And could they could they go play in the Meadowlands? It's like a four hour journey, at least a four hour drive. And I, I think Penn State's only like two from Buffalo or something like that. I think so. Yeah, two hundred miles, something to that effect. Isn't that's Pittsburgh good. actually closer? Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna look into this. Yeah. Moving on as we close up this show. Congratulations to you, sir. Eli Manning is back in the fold. Yes, it's, it's good to have him back. I feel better. Be nice sometimes. Maybe, maybe, look, maybe in a pinch. Maybe in a pinch, he could, you know, suit up. Well, I will say, you know, isn't it weird? I think you see this sometimes with different people after they retire from whatever they're doing in various walks of life. In his, like, he's. I think he's in like a Frank's Red Hot commercial right now. Yeah, he's in some. He's aged. He's aged. He has aged, but I guarantee you. That if Eli Manning broke into the open field, this wouldn't happen. <laughs> From the 12, Jones keeps, gets a block, takes off, and he is gone. <laughs> Trying to stay upright, and he trips. Absolutely all alone, and he trips. Old man Eli Manning would even score right now on that play. There's no way Eli Manning would be able to break that run. Uh, I don't know, but he wouldn't fall. He wouldn't. Well, that's not true. The, the reports are, I mean, like Michael Strahan has said numerous times that Eli Manning had fallen down, you know, just you know, by himself walking over the 10-yard line. Maybe it's a tradition with giant quarterbacks. Maybe. Uh, it's, this was a long time coming, though. He's joining the front office uh, in what a – an advisory role, business. He's a spokesperson. He's the guy that beat Tom. One of the two quarterbacks to beat Tom Brady is what he is. They're basically just paying him because he's Eli Manning. Yeah, it's a business opportunity, fan engagement role. I think he might have an office. <laughs> I, I don't really know what he's. He's going to be a rah rah guy, you know, the same way Joe Namath is always kind of. There's guys who just linger around and collect a little paycheck from you know their their old organization. That's sort of. But you know, but the Giants historically, this is what they used to do for their top players. Like when they had their run in the fifties and sixties, all of those guys became coaches and scouts for the team. So there's precedent for it for the Giants. You know what I mean? Buddy? He will have his jersey retired, and he will also be put into the Ring of Honor. They're, they're two separate things. Yeah. So there's the Ring of Honor, which they created when they moved into the new stadium prior to that, they didn't have that. And they had, oh, really? we, I could have sworn that they had something. I, I, I no, we, they didn't have that. They needed it because there were too many numbers retired way too quickly. They had way, but now with the Jersey number restrictions loosened, as we talked about, or, you know, which they passed earlier this off season, it gives more wiggle room because they haven't, that's why they didn't necessarily retire Strahan's number. They haven't retired a number since Phil Sims. That night was a disaster. The Giants uh, were losing 35 nothing to the Cowboys. And then they had the Sims uh, ceremony, and then the entire stadium left. I remember that. 
So they didn't retire Michael Strahan's number, but he is now a on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That is true. And He's getting that deserved, He is very deserving of it. He is fantastic, not only on his on the Fox end as an as an analyst, but I find myself at times watching Good Morning America if I have it on and I'm doing office work at home because yeah. of him because he's so good and he's fun. He's good. He he's just natural. He, he he's he's charismatic. You know, it's funny. I always it's amazing how you know Tiki Barber retires in 2006. The Giants go on to win the Super Bowl the next year, and Tiki Barber was supposed to be this eloquent uh, speaker. He was going to be the next star. People thought he was going to run for political office, and his his career kind of fell flat because I think while eloquent, he has no personality. Well, frankly, I think he's a douche, but that's a separate discussion. Strahan, you know, it doesn't matter if you have the gap in your teeth. He made that work. And he just, I mean, the dude is just everywhere you go. He's on every imaginable show. $100,000 pyramid show. I think there was a, a crappy sitcom for a season. He just, he makes it work. He does make it work. Congratulations to him for his Hollywood Walk of Fame. On that note, we are going to wrap up this year program. We will be back later in the week. We are going to do our players only Mount Rushmore for the AFC North. And we might even slide in a players only Mount Rushmore for the AFC East to wrap up the American Football Conference. Follow us on social media at GL Stan Show, at Sports Talk Philly, at Sports Talk PHL, excuse me, sportstalkphilly.com, Michael's Glass Company, DePaul's Table. We will catch you next week.